0: Hello there. We would be honored
1: if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion.
0: Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast brought to you from a mixture of the North Midlands, the Mid Midlands and uh, a little bit of what some might perceive to be a Southern accent. um, Also known as the Star Wars show brought to you from East Wales. I think that's about accurate about where Gaz lives. I think he lives in East Wales. This is episode 128. We're going to talk about a cheeky little Star Wars monster that's been brought back from the Legends canon. Kinda. We're going to talk about... A little bit of The Mandalorian. Actually, a fair bit of The Mandalorian, actually, today. There's a few bits going on. And is the greatest Sith of all time being brought back? Are they even the greatest Sith of all time? The debate rages on. The debate rages on. But, of course, before we do any of that, I need to uh, introduce myself. I'm the... I suppose the tall one out of the pair. And uh, the... Just about similarly sized one is back from his vacation. It is, of course, Mister Gary Garyella. Welcome back. All right.
1: Oh, I did. Yeah, that was a nice chilled intro for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I mix it up a little bit. I don't want people to think, look at him, one trick pony, do I?
1: True. It's very true. And also, we were we recorded together last week, dude. We're, we're both back from from
0: vacation. No, you stuff. were off. You were off last week. No, no. You sure? Yeah, you did yeah. that solo one last week, didn't I? No, no, no. Week before that, dude. Look you at were, that,
1: we're so busy. He doesn't no, even you know. No, you were off
0: Friday fifteenth. You were off. No,
1: you were. No, I ran. I, I, I hosted last week, dude. Episode one no, two you seven. Didn't. We spoke about the Mandalorian coming up.
0: Is that uh, true? Yeah,
1: and uh, you know we, fin- we we finished up with the Twitch streamer breaking his Lego and.
0: I don't know about this. I'm going to have to check know. this now. Because this has got me in a bit of a mix up here.
1: Unless I've... No, we uh, didn't.
0: Unless I've completely, um... No, do you know what's gone on? I'll tell you what we've done here. This is not episode 128. I did 128 last week. We did 127 and then on Trello, because we didn't do one last week. <laughs> the last Trello list was 127. <laughs> so we... Sk- right. Welcome to episode 129 of Spark of Rebellion. <laughs> All <laughs> pro post- podcasters would edit that and start again, wouldn't they? But yeah, you know, we're not doing that.
1: We're not doing that for shame, hey? Eh? I can't believe that. I think that's my fault, dude. Nah, in it's fact, not. yeah, that is. That's definitely my fault. I think no. I threw the spanner in there with the old episode numbers. So, welcome to one twenty-nine. <laughs> Mark did a solo show last week, didn't you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting everyone know. I appreciate that.
1: Good. It was good. I loved your breakdown of the um, of the current movies up to now and what you think should happen with them. And stuff. yeah, very good. It was like a nice little mix of some history, some education, and and your thoughts on stuff. Yeah, it's good.
0: What was your what's your, what's your take on it? Just kind of briefly, you know, where, where do you sit with what they should do next on the old uh, big silver screen?
1: Well, I think we've spoken about that a few times in relation to who should run it first, and I think we're both in agreement that they should just bring the bring the felony in full time to do the movie stuff and, and all that. Cause you made a very good point on that episode last week where love them or hate them. The prequels were just every bit star Wars as the, the OT, you know, it felt very, very star Warsy. Whereas the, the sequel trilogy just kind of misses the mark a little bit on that. And I think you were, I think you were making the point that you could have removed the star Warsiness from the sequels and they still could have worked as like a generic sort of good sci-fi films and, it just doesn't feel very uniquely Star Wars. So I'm in agreement with that, and I think moving forward, we just need to bring some of the 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 homegrown talent from within side Lucasfilm, so the Filonis and the you know the Dave Changs and you know those people that have worked on it for for many moons, and get them rocking, dude. Just do away with all of these things that you've got in the pipeline, these rumored trilogies and films and stuff. I think the only one that's probably going to be a decent shout is the uh, the Watiti Wakata. Watiti. Takiti, Takata. Yeah. That's probably going to be the only one that's going to hold, hold its weight.
0: Yeah, That's, I mean, I don't know much about that, that Waititi one, but that's sort of like, you know, you could, you could give him the cantina band and he'd make a good movie out of it, <laughs> you know? Defo, yeah. It's got that kind of vibe going on. I watched him the other day with him, I can't remember what it was. Oh, The Suicide Squad. That's for another day. Um, <clears throat> He was in mm. that. Yeah. Part, bit part. I was like, like uh, two sentences on that was absolutely terrible, but I was laughing my head off.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, it was better than the first Suicide Squad, I think. Yes, it was. A little bit better than that one, but still not quite, mm,
0: trying a little bit too hard, I think. (laughs) Yeah, definitely James Gunn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Therefore, James Gunn. All right, look, we're gonna get some news in just a second. Before we do that, if you want to get involved on the old Twitter, then of course you can at com slash Twitter. Give us a shout. Let us know you know, let us know what you've been up to. Let us know what you think about some of these news stories and what you think that Lucasfilm should do indeed with the Star Wars franchise on the big screen moving forward. And if you want to get involved on Patreon, if you want to support the show, if you want to help us to devise a new system to keep up with our episode numbers, then we could do with a little bit of buttons to help out. So Chuck Acquidditors, every single month you'll get some stickers, you're going to get some shout outs, you're going to just, you get the wholesome feeling of chucking a at us and knowing that you're helping one of your favourite Star Wars podcasts, the favourite Star Wars podcast, <laughs> all right? So go and check that out over on Patreon. Become part of the crew at sparkerebellion.com slash patreon now guys as, as always what have you done Star Warsy, over the last week you did have last week off despite you know contrary to popular belief you did have last week off I think what did you do dude anything Star Wars anything been going down I noticed on Twitter you'd been watching something did I have last week off can't remember maybe yeah I did a solo show mate. yeah yeah that's
1: right yeah I did have last week off yeah, yeah. hang on carried on with the old book Phantom Menace, which I'm really enjoying, by the way, which is really, really cool. So, which it prompted me to watch the Phantom Menace mm. movie last night. Phantom Menace movie. <laughs> and I've got to say, dude, I really, really enjoyed watching it last night. For the first time ever, I just didn't have that inclination to just start scrolling through Twitter or Instagram. Or
0: that's interesting. I've, Why was that then?
1: I don't know. It might have been the influence from the book. I'm not sure. It could just be. Uh, the length of time that's passed since I've last watched it. I'm not sure. I don't know. There's always been that that part of me when I've got about a third into it and I thought, this just is not very good. (laughs) Um, Not terrible as in, you know, uh, I I wouldn't recommend it to anybody who wants to get into Star Wars. Not to that degree, but I've always just thought, just not, I don't know, it's not very good. Last night, I don't know, man, I just got to the end and I was like, that was fucking good.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. What the <laughs> hell? I mean, that's not a slight departure, is it?
1: No, not at all. No, it's um, yeah, it's weird. It was, it was so weird. And then at the end, and that first, sorry, that last fifteen minutes or so, I just found myself tearing up, man. <laughs> I think it must be time in a month or something. I'm not sure, but it got to that last ten minutes, and I was like, because it had that that really cool music over the top, and then it just cuts from scene to scene where Qui Gon's uh, funeral, and then it focuses in on palp's face and he's emotionless mm. you know and then it cuts to the op- the the closing ceremony on Naboo and stuff and yeah and then that th- comes in and the credits and the, the theme kicks in I just sat there thinking that was really fucking good for the first time ever episode one yeah so I, I love it when stuff like ha- that happens though where at one point you felt like something wasn't great and then you revisit and it's it's awesome so that's been me dude very prequely uh, Phantom Menace stuff, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you some thoughts on the book when I finish that as well shortly, but mm. yeah man, love it, just loving loving the Star Wars prequel life it seems at the minute
0: Loving what? it man, yeah yeah, keen to know what you think about that one, it's fascinating isn't it when you watch stuff like that, especially when you've read that book I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'll sort of For me, it gives a lot of the scenes, um, extra depth. So you're like, okay, okay, this, this happened sort of just before that, or this happened just around that, or here, here's what this other person was thinking, or here's the depth of this, this person delivering this line. There's more context to it because you you sort of had the narrative and the context of what they were actually thinking as well from the book. Like it just adds a layer of depth, but not in that not in that shite way that Rise of Skywalker does, where it's scrambling to fill the gaps. It's just like, okay, the film, you know, it was enough story and we'll just go a bit deeper with this one. Whereas like, I think a lot of the time, certainly recently, it's like, oh crap, we better figure out what Exegol is, you know? Mm. So it's, yeah, no, I'm fascinated Mm. by that, dude. Yeah, fair play, fair play. I like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, And our our buddy Keith, uh, he mentioned that when he read Master and Apprentice and then when, straight in and watch the film. It sort of opened his eyes to, uh, to that Mm -hmm. film and a a bit of Yeah. So I, I I got that feeling as well from it. So just all the supporting material, I think that's the key part of it as well is that the novelization, some of the other bits that supports the film, whereas with the sequel trilogy, the books and stuff came out, try to retcon or like you said, fill the gaps. I think that's the main difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good distinction, dude. That is actually a really good, I never thought about it like that. You're right. That's, that's the absolute clear difference isn't it? Yeah, fair play, man. Fair play. Well, look, let's get some news. Let's get to some news. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, you remember her? She was, uh, she played uh, Bo Katan's, uh, I don't want to say sidekick, right hand lady, right hand person uh, in The Mandalorian season two. Like, badass Mandalorian, absolutely no doubt. Death Watch sort of style. Um, is it Death Watch? Um, but. You know, sadly, she played a character called Coska uh, Reeves. Uh, it's good to know that the Reeves family are in different galaxies as well. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> my neighbours will be chuffed. Mr. and Mrs. Reeves, no relation. Um, she's not returning. Apparently, she said, you know, she, this is according to Jedi News, which is always a, a, a great website. Uh, she just said, look, I had a great time really enjoyed it um you know she she's got her wwe commitments and just she's just not coming back all right she's just there's just she's just not coming back all right she's going to keep acting but apparently there's no room for for cosca reeves in in the next season now we did see that Kyle weathers what ever he'd said that um the mandalorian 3 was just in production this week. So we'd, we'd seen that. I think that might be a story that we're covering next week or maybe this week. I don't know. Anyway, we're not covering it anymore. Carl Weathers, uh, Apollo said that the Mandalorian season three, he's, he's turned up this week for work. All right. He's turned up. You know, he's gone With back to the box. gym. Yep. Yeah. He's got his lunch book. He's, what he's done is he's took the Mandalorian back to the hard streets where he trained when he was <laughs> younger. So what we're going to see is a lot of beach running. And a lot of, what's the matter with you? A lot of that, you know? Some crop tops. Yep. Look, oh, dude, I'm glad you noticed the crop tops. Mm. That's weird, isn't it? It
1: was a staple. It was. It, it was a staple back in the 80s and early 90s of gym heads.
0: <sighs> they look ridiculous get some.
1: now, but yeah.
0: Well, some tastes. Good. Different. Anyway, so... She's not coming back, I'm afraid. Sasha Banks is not coming back. Uh, Bo-Katan is clearly coming back. The whole Dark Sabre thing is... uh is probably going to be a major plot point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about this. She's just not back. You know, it's a sprawling cast anyway, I would have thought, as it gets bigger and bigger and the Book of Boba Fett starts to tie in with it and we start to see the expansion of the Disney plus Star Wars universe a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit like the MCU. We talked about that in, in the work Slack earlier. It gets like it can get a little bit busy, can't it? You know, we've not seen Abomination for 12, 13 years, and then suddenly, there it is, uh, turns up in Shang-Chi. So you've got... Um, you do have all these kind of weird things that with the transient characters um, going on. So I don't know if there's much to say about this, man. But I don't know any thoughts on it, any opinions. No,
1: I think so, dude. I think uh, it it's kind of semi important to to note this bit of news because in season two, um, yeah, was it the Death Watch stuff? I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, uh, they were kind of knocking around together, weren't they? So there was. Um, there was uh, Bo-Katan, there was Reeves, and there was another character. Uh, they were knocking around as a threesome throughout the entire screen time. So I think when you chop one of the characters away or whatever, does that mean that the storyline shifted towards just focusing on Bo-Katan and the whole Darksaber thing, and they've sort of left that whole other storyline behind it a little bit? Or does it, you know, does it do they just replace her with somebody else? I don't know. But, but I don't think it's a bad thing Either good or a bad thing that she's not coming back. Mm. The character was okay, but it was it didn't really do a great deal. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, it was like um, a bit of buzz casting for a, a supporting character, which is definitely not a bad thing. I mean, holy crap, we got um, Michael Byne, He was he was buzz casting for a supporting character, you know. So the I, I kind of like it when they do this sort of thing where they get someone that you know because they don't have to get someone you know for these kind of characters. Mm. I always li- I just like it when they do that. So yeah, it's a bit of neutral news, but you know, maybe see you back in the future, Sasha Banks. Good luck with the uh, you know good luck with everything else. Uh keep keep up with the doodling. Good dude. You know. <laughs> 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 always good. Gotta be good though, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, good luck. See you in season four, maybe. I don't know. But you know, thanks for for everything. Um <laughs> Gaz, ask you a question. Of course. What are you doing on November twelfth?
1: Hmm. Uh I might be working. I might not be. It depends. Uh, yeah. It depends.
0: Well, Good. So, I think you'll probably not be working when you hear this news. <laughs> Disney Plus Day. That's right. A streaming service day. <laughs> so, Empire Online is reporting that, you know, DC ruled the roost this week, you know, last week, as you're listening to this they had the old dc fandom didn't they you remember that yeah i think I was off yeah checked it out it was off yep um saw the batman trailer sweet saw the flash trailer actually weirdly sweet <laughs> saw a few of the bits and bobs um disney probably thought to themselves don't want them having all the limelight need to do something else clearly this the empire's just gone you know empire sort of implied that it's like oh no can't let them all all I can't let them have all the limelight. Clearly not. It's been planned for ages, right? So you're going to get things like Jungle Cruise, you're going to get Shang-Chi, and that's all going to be free to stream on Disney Plus. Uh, but also, from a Star Wars perspective, on November 12th, on Disney Plus Day, we are going to get under the helmet the legacy of Boba Fett. Now, they've done this with Marvel since, you know, day dot. In Disney Plus, you know, they've done all the Marvel legends. They've done like, they're bringing the MCU to the screen. They've done things like, you know, the legend stuff. It was like, here's the story of Peggy Carter up until what if? Here's the story of Hawkeye. Here's the story of Loki and Captain, uh, uh, sorry, and uh, Steve Rogers, antinomaki's character, the Falcon, and, you know, Winter Soldier, all those people. Feels like a similar sort of thing, man, you know, under the helmet, legacy of Boba Fett, clearly a marketing campaign, um, for, for, for the book of Boba Fett, get people that, you know, they're not geeks like us. They've sort of probably seen this cool character dotted around, but they don't know much about it. Basically a long advert. Again, not a negative thing. Just trying to get people into this, into this uh, new series. Um, probably all right for you and me. Might be a bit of fun to be had. Bit of, uh, maybe a bit of new footage, A bit of background on the, on the character, um, but yeah, you're gonna pick this one straight up? Is it gonna be one that you dive straight on? Or are you kinda of gonna let it You're gonna let it sit there for a while on the must watch list or? Mm.
1: Uh no, I think I watch it on the day. It sounds pretty sweet. It does sound pretty sweet. And uh is not wrong though, where where they say that uh fandom ruled the internet and stuff when that was on. <laughs> that was a huge event. I think that was streamed for like freaking five hours, I think, worth of stuff. Mm. It's ridiculous. It was, so, man. I, I'm not sure if the Disney Plus is going to last, uh, the, the event, sorry, is going to last as long as that. Mm. But the, uh, the the specials that they've got landing, to be honest with you, this and Shang-Chi are probably the only ones that are. I'm not sure about Jungle Cruise. That piqued my interest for about three seconds. Same. And then I thought, mm, that'll be like a Sunday afternoon, nothing <sighs> else
0: on. Mate, don't get me started on Dwayne Rock Johnson. Like, I love him for what he's done. But there's nothing putting me off about Black Adam more than The Rock being Black Adam. Mm. Like, he's like, you know, the highest grossing, highest paid person because he will turn up to the opening of a Chris Packet. He will do Mm -hmm. movies about, right, look, I've got a new debit card, right? He will do a movie about my new debit card. Do you know what I mean? He would do, yeah. He would do. And I, I respect him and I like him. And he's obviously a clearly nice guy and very talented, hardworking. But just rein it in a bit with what you're going to do. Like, you know what I mean? You would have thought
1: as well at this point in his career, he could be a bit more choosy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have to do the shite.
1: Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have to. I think for, for a, the majority of working actors, there is a, a mix of that stuff, I think, where you're fortunate enough now and then to do something very cool. But then as a working actor who needs to get paid, you still need to do a little bit of the uh, not-so-good stuff now and then. Even though you know it's not going to be an Oscar winner, you still do it because it's a bit of money, you know. Something else on the old IMDb page, whatever. But you'd have thought that he would have just been like, he's got F off money now. Like, we want you to do this, F off. He's got that kind of money. And that, you know, he's got a kid now as well. You thought he'd be a family man doing that, but no. Anyway... Not judging, not judging. So I might watch that on a Sunday afternoon in a year's time. So this and Shang-Chi, dude, they're the only things really that I'm going to watch on the day, I think. But it does say that it's going to include behind-the-scenes stuff and stuff from Empire Strikes Back, as you said. It just doesn't say how long it's going to run for. So I'm hoping it's going to be a half hour, at least, cause some meaty stuff in there. I'm hoping it's not just a, here's a nine minutes look at Boba Fett and we're going to tell you everything that you already know. That would be a bit sucky.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I hope it's not that as well, dude, because it's, you know... D- d- uh, I hope it is a good documentary or something, like you said. And it's, it's actually a proper thing. Yeah, yeah. Not like you said. But we'll see. November 12th, sticking in your diary, sticking in the old uh, Philo facts. Let's see the situation. I'm sure we'll review anything else. We might get a few surprises as well. Disney Plus Day, it's, it's um, you know, just like DC fandom. You, you get a lot of these events down, don't you? These, these kind of siloed little... um these siloed little kind of services, not that Disney Plus is little, but where they've got, uh, you know, they want to keep that ecosystem pretty tight. So they do their own events and so on. So like, you know, HBO Max, I'm sure will be doing them. And it's interesting, the world that we live in, you know, think about 20 years ago, the geeks did not rule the earth. Now we do. You know, we've got the, it's just a, a, it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the quality and the stuff, you know? So we'll see, you know, look at us being all whiny about it, but I'm sure it'll be great. Um, things that aren't great. Um, the choice of the featured image from Inverse on this next story. Um, so inverse.com, who are always up there in the Star Wars news in the Google AMP listings, right? But sometimes are a bit speculative. All right. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But they're a little bit speculative, all right. So, with this one, actually, I'm not entirely sure that they're far off. But what they've said is, you know, that book that we talked about a bit ago, that Secrets of the Sith, got to tell you, that Secrets of the Jedi one was shite.
1: I was it the coffee table style, just quick flick? Yeah,
0: through. it was crap. It was like written from the perspective of Luke Skywalker, and it just—it really wasn't very good. Oh, yeah, right. I'll get it. Because this one might be. Anyway, so this, Secrets of the Sith, Sith, written from the perspective of none other than the person that couldn't possibly write because all his fingers were knackered, Palpatine just (laughs) before the Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He couldn't write. They even zoomed in on his fingers, mate. (laughs) On the film. Shadow writer. Sure. Yeah. He's dictated it. Yeah. Took a
1: few liberties. You can hear the little click of the dictaphone as he's coughing and just hold on, just pause there a minute. Hold on, voice back on.
0: <laughs> your ribbon fleet, and blah, then blah, blah, I blah. said unlimited power. But can you do that with lots of ease? Because I held it for a long time. Unlimited power, uh, and then we got ice cream. Anakin really loves cookie dough. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that'll not be in there, will it? Nah, bit of a prude, bit of a prude move. Prude. So anyway, in uh, in the uh, Palpatine autobiography, known as Secrets of the Sith, um, (laughs) uh, a a curious looking spectre um, as noted by Jacob's Quest on the Twitter at Jacob's Quest. he spotted that perhaps, and this is where Inverse have picked it up, and they've used a, a zoomed-in picture. Of, they've zo- used a zoomed-in picture of Luke Skywalker for the featured image. Like there are better pictures that exist of Luke Skywalker. All right, even if you're going to go the greatest Sith ever returns, and then put a picture of Luke to get your clicks, choose a better picture. Rant over. You know well, what I'm saying? Why yeah? is
1: that picture of Luke as the featured
0: image, by the way? Because then people see it in the Google and they're like, Luke Skywalker's a Sith. Better click that one. Mm. That's and how it, it works, isn't it? Clickbait. Yeah. Good though. In a way, we're here talking about it. So it worked. Anyway, we will get to this. At Jacob's Quest has spotted that, um, on one of the illustrations, right? It's, it's showing the generations of Sith. So at the bottom, you've got Ben Solo. You've got, um, Rey, You've got Vader. You've got Big P at the back um he's probably had a photo shoot for this and then just behind it you've got a hooded figure with the two red eyes and Jacob's Quest speculates that this could be none other than the red-eyed badass morpho the Morpheus of the Sith that's right Darth Plagueis um not a million miles away from 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 what I think could happen dude um you know, I think I've just started reading some of the legend stuff, the heir to the empire stuff, which I'm fascinated by. With the Thrawn stuff, which we'll get to probably another day. But um, like, Plagueis is one of the most obvious things to now bring back for me in this new canon because, like, the Plagueis book is that close to canon anyway. You know, there's only a couple of contradictory terms in, and I mean, they are really like throwaway things. Um, I think it'd sort of be silly to not introduce and then the the inverse piece goes on to talk about how the Acolyte which is set before you know potentially during the High Republic that sort of fits in to uh, Plagueis' timeline you know he's a moon uh, that that theoretically live longer according to I think Wikipedia Um, so I don't know man it's Mm. I mean it seems obvious doesn't it this is not one of those ones where you're like oh fuck off Doomcock you know what I mean this is a (laughs) this is a clear that could work you know I think it could work,
1: yeah. And it's um, the only slight little hiccup might be that there's no there's uh, there's nothing to say that the illustration depicts Plagueis. It could just be another mm. Sith from whatever, you know. Because let's face it, if you're going to paint a, a baddie in Star Wars. You just automatically give them the red eyes and a red lightsaber and the yeah, hood, you know. So it could be any one of the the various things. However, I'd love to see Plagueis come back because it is he's, the character is at least canon, right? Because mm-hmm. of the, uh, they mentioned it in this article, the opera scene in um, Avenger of the Sith, where um, Palps is telling Anakin about Plagueis and stuff. So the actual character and stuff, all that, you know, it's all there. So I think it's more to do with, um, and that's probably the crux of this, is probably to do with the look of the character. So is this an early reveal of if they were to bring him into some kind of Disney Plus thing or a film, is this what he's going to look like there or thereabouts? Or is it just not not Plagueis? So I don't know. Um, But I'd love to see it back. um, The book Plagueis is very, very good because it ends up being pretty much a third of it about Plagueis and then two thirds about Palps. If you want a really good Palpatine book, then pick up Plagueis it's very good but some of the stuff that's in that book and like you said it's it's like a 95% canon anyway probably more than that it's only got those two little things but um, yeah there's so much that they could do with that instead of just keep going back to Skywalkers and stuff let's mm. go back through Palt's uh, history a little bit and televise or movie filmize <laughs> mm. some of that stuff yeah <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's curious isn't it because that, that book dude is so good mm. um and I think, so, but this is kind of back to that, you know, Phantom Menace story, because it over, and I was so shocked at how much it overlapped when I first read it. Um, and it, it really does. And, and when you, you know, you talked about that scene with Palps where he's, he's there with Qui-Gon, like if you spoil as ahead for Plagueis book, but if you, if, you, if you see that scene through the lens of all the context, Master and Apprentice and the novelization, but also then add Plagueis to it. Like at Qui-Gon's funeral, Palps has just wiped out Plagueis. Like pretty much freaking just wiped him out. He sends Maul off to get those two and then he goes out and sorts Plague is to it's his, it's almost like his first consolidation of power so that he can then do the next thirteen years of clone wars and mastering with Anakin and then eventually the the Empire. Like it's one of those things that just had so much context. Um and I think is it written by the same guy that did um the Obi Wan book as well, Kenobi. John Jackson Miller, is it? Um so, I don't look, think shall so. we no. Can't remember. Plagueis book. I'm just going to Google it. Google's easy. It's easy. Um, easy, isn't it? Oh, James Lucino, of course, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still a big player, obviously, in in Star Wars. Um. So yeah, fascinating, man. Yeah,
1: that's no, fascinating stuff. And I think um, if they are going to uh, if they are going to keep making Disney Plus or comic books or whatever around this time period uh if they start to take their foot off the gas with the high republic stuff then they really do need to start looking at some other characters as well we can't go mm. on for another decade of recycling when vader went you know to think about something on mustafar and now we we've, we've told every single bit of storytelling bar this 10 minutes where he sat on mustafar um or or you know or luke did something with grogu and you know during this time period they've got to start looking at other cool characters that they can bring into it otherwise it's just going to be a bit of fatigue after a little while
0: yeah yeah i agree man and it's well, I think what's interesting about this stuff as well is that you kind of want all the things, all the elements that make it Star Wars, like I talked about last week. And, you know, if you don't have Jedi and Sith, it becomes very difficult for it to feel like Star Wars, unless you're doing one of the other very obvious Star Wars bits. But for me, they've got a pretty limited lifespan. You know, if you like the Patty Jenkins movie, probably won't be a trilogy, you know? It probably will be a, a really badass fighter pilot, you know, dogfighting style story, and it'll be absolutely fantastic, I'm sure but it's probably not going to be a trilogy because there's only so much shelf life that anything that Star Wars has got when you don't dig into the force, ultimately. Um, because it's that, that's, that, that's what makes Star Wars purely Star Wars. Everything else is transient, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's yeah, it's, it's very interesting, man. Hey, look, you mentioned the, the High Republic as well. I've got to be honest with you, this next story leads me on to a bit of a rant. I apologize, all right? So the next story is brought to us by Scream Rant. Um, so I don't know if you know, but the, the there's a new Star Wars comic um, by Daniel Jose Alder and David Watcher. So Trail of Shadows, which um, sort of annoys me a little bit. Because what it does is it picks up a lot of the real... So a lot of the most interesting elements from the High Republic books, all right? So there are two things that it picks up. Machian Rowe, who's the the bad guy in that he leads the Nihil. Fucking fascinating character, dude. Really, really good character. And then in the last book, in Rising Storm, I won't spoil it too much, but he went on the hunt for this Jedi weapon. Right at the end of the book, and it is going to be a tiny bit of a spoiler because we're going to talk about this story, but it's, we find out that it's a live creature and he fucking rips this Jedi to shreds. Like just not even, I don't want to spoil it too much. It doesn't rip it to shreds, but just destroys the Jedi in a specific way. So I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. You've got one thread of books over here that are talking about this gravity well thing. And the Nihil are trying to get hold of this gravity well hyperspace destructor. And then you've got, this other couple of books, the Kevin Scott stuff, that's then exploring the same characters trying to get hold of this Jedi killer. And you're like, fucking okay, that is brilliant. This flanking movement, this pincer movement. Can't wait for the other books. Like, what a genius thing. Can't wait to understand the reveal. This week, new comic book explores those two things. I'm like, you absolute asses! Like, just, I've bought all the books. And you've built up to these two big things and then you're going to reveal them in a comic book. So I'm going to have to buy the damn comic. Bang out of order, Disney. Bang out of order. So unless they cover it as well in the, uh, in the books, I don't know. But any road, all it is. <sighs> After that, all it is. A creature. I've never, read, I've never come across this because I'm only just starting to get into legends a bit more. Um, there was a creature in the old Republic, Knights of the old Republic. And I'm sure you've come across this more. Terran, tech or whatever it's called. Basically a Jedi predator, a little bit like the little kind of worm creatures from the throne book here to the empire, uh, that can kind of deal with a force. Um, this new thing is called a leveler. It's a big ass creature that comes and just beats the crap out of Jedi. You know, it it, it handles Jedi. It, it can dissipate the force. It can kind of, um, it can, what's the word I'm looking for? It can really kind of just um, almost combust Jedi. It can, you know, just just wither them to just dust. Um, so the Screen rant is speculating that this is the the new canon version of that old Republic Predator. So that's the story. There's a couple of things I want to think about on this one. Number one, first and foremost, like is that t- t- something that you've come across before? Is that is that in your psyche with the, the Old Republic stuff? Because I'd never heard of it. I've not dug into that stuff too much.
1: Um, yeah, I vaguely remember this. I think back in the day, I think they, uh, it wasn't, um, I don't think it was noted too much that there was a, a whole race of them. It was just one one creature, I think. And it was called the Great Leveler, if I remember. Um, yeah, it's just very vague, uh, on that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it. And I think what it did was it, uh, it was able to interrupt the Jedi's connection with the force. So they were powerless. Basically they were just mere mortals. Like, you know, it just absorbed all of the force energy around them and just cut them off. So then they couldn't, you know, obviously they, they were pretty useless after that. The only thing they had was their lightsaber skills, but they couldn't do anything forcey with it like the kyber crystal just sort of fizzled out a bit and they couldn't they just couldn't get themselves together so that yeah so i'm, I'm aware of that stuff but yeah a long time ago dude that was written all that stuff
0: yeah it sounds very similar i'm fascinated by it and i'm fascinated by that character Martin row i think it's great and i'm i am desperate for him to put this in the books as well so i don't have to go and read the comics because I'd, I'd really i know this is a multi- Multimedia thing, and we talked about the High Republic being multimedia when it was first ever brought to to the four years ago, a couple of years ago now, with Charles Sewell and everyone. I, it and a bit sort of takes the mick a little bit, you know? I'm just hoping that they handle it in in the books as well because it's don't know what I mean. Like if you've got kids that are going through this, and you can they can only get one stream of content because that's that's all, that's all they can afford with the pocket money, or the the parents can afford. Like it's a, it's just I always find it a little bit shitty, you know. When, when, things do this
1: a little bit, a little bit, if you've got little Jimmy, who wants to spend yeah. his pocket money on star Wars and, and that it's like one or the other, isn't it? And they can't buy all the books and all the comics and all the games and all that stuff. So I'm sure it will be in the book though, dude. I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm they'll, up they'll so. flesh
0: it out. Yeah. It, it better be. It better be. Um, the other thing that I want to kind of discuss with this one is, um, I think it sort of leads into the. Um, the plaguey stuff as well, Uh, they're just, with the new canon, it seems like they're bringing so much more of the legend stuff back into the fold pretty quickly and not really changing that much of it, which is not a bad thing, but it's like they're just, they're just, just, just getting rid of those problematic bits that would just knock the continuity out a little bit, like with Thrawn. They're just knocking a couple of the a couple of the bits out of the way. But things like the Mount Tantis and the, the, the Whalen Planet and, you know, Thrawn's love of art and all that sort, they're all the same. They're all the same. So as someone that has got much more Legends experience than me, like, how does that feel to you to know that, whilst the stories got wiped out, potentially some of that stuff is coming back in a very familiar way. Like, does that appease a little bit? Does it not? Is it more annoying because they've done that? Like, how does it feel as someone that's got more Legends um, heritage than me?
1: Um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, if I'm being honest, because on one hand, it's great. It's absolutely brilliant because there's so much good storytelling within the legend stuff. And back in the day when it was considered canon, it was the extended stuff, you um, you could dive into it as much or as little as you wanted to and uh, you weren't there, there wasn't that um, there wasn't that thing hanging over you where like it, the thing that I'm reading is it worth it anyway because is it just a throwaway thing that's non-canon or is it going to link into something wider? So from that respect, there were so many good novels and good stuff that came out for years. And it just built up It, it built up a really good fan base just around the extended stuff uh, at the time. So, um, I mean, there, there's a, a, a portion of Star Wars fandom that only got into Star Wars because of that. So from that point of view, it's great because, um, yeah, there's a reason why a lot of it is very popular because it's very good. On the, on the other hand, though, you don't want them to, to run away too quick with it. On that stuff, because otherwise you end up in another few years' time having to do another reset, if that makes sense, so you've um I think they need to be really selective about which bits for they they start to bring back and i'm I'm totally cool dude with them doing a slow burn on that. I'd rather they they really pick and chose those those characters carefully and uh and sort of lay the groundwork a little bit a bit like they've done where they've teased. Um, like the Thrawn stuff, like they haven't just opened the floodgates and now Thrawn's in films and he's in Disney Plus and everything. They've, you know, they've they've kept the the books rolling and some of the uh, the stuff that we had in Rebels and stuff. And now it's left a lot of people like us saying things like, "Well, how would they bring him into Disney Plus? How would they do that?" And it creates a talking point instead of just saying, "Right, people like that, let's just put him in everything." So if they applied that same logic to some of the other legends characters and some of the legend storylines that could be awesome because that then fills a 10 20 year gap of storytelling if you can sort of cherry pick the cool little bits out of that as long as it fits into the the overall canon then that that's awesome because uh, another thing is that you can only like we were saying earlier you can you can only recycle and dive into the skywalker stuff so much before you get a bit of fatigue there so then you know if you start to bring in some of the other stuff and focus on that which I guess I wanted to do with the High Republic, but that's more of a fresh thing. But yeah, I'm up for it, dude. As long as they, as long as, long as it's done, you know, without any sort of rush and knee jerk reaction to it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing in it. When you get something that's working, you just send. You seem to do too much of it too soon. Um, yeah, completely agree with that. Um, and I think I think the throne is a good example. I know we're talking about it a chunk, but it, I agree with that. The slow burn tick. it. You know, brought him back into Rebels, built a couple of trilogies up and then, you know, made live action much, much later. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. But I thought that was quite interesting. Um, we'll see how that pans out. Now, a couple of things to, to wrap up on then. We've got, um, number one, we got that Batman trailer, didn't we? Remember that? It looked awesome, to be fair. Did you like the Batman trailer from, from Fandome? Uh, yes, I did. Good. good. Very Good. good. Yeah, good. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was uh it was interesting. Definitely a feels very Frank Miller dirt. You know, it feels very down and dirty, Frank Miller-esque, year one, year two stuff. Um, you know, it feels very visceral, which I think a lot of that Frank Miller stuff did. But anyway, um <clears throat> you know the Gotham Cityscape... It was uh, it was done using the same technology that powers the volume, which of course is the stage uh, that the Mandalorian is filmed on. Which there's a story about that next week. We'll get to. Um, so yeah, ILM Stagecraft um, did did a lot of the precursor work. So a lot of it is is um, is is basically sort of the stuff that's been around for a long, long time. The mix of building things in real life, building models out, green screening it, doing all the lighting on it. That has then kind of been blown up to this, the volume stage. So they can do a lot of real time work where you'll build, you know, you'll build um, the stuff that's, that's when it comes to depth of field, the stuff that's more shallow depth of field where it's much closer is is practical. And then obviously the backgrounds and the long depth is done using this big volume stage. Um, and we've seen the results of that in The Mandalorian. It's startlingly good. Um, so, yeah, someone went on Twitter when, when this went out. It was someone, uh, Charmaine Chan, who I think works with ILM. And, uh, she's basically a, a, a VFX artist. And, and she just said, look, great to see this finally in the wild. And there are a couple of other people, uh, that have said the same sort of thing having worked on it, but it looks like the same technology that powers the volume is making its way now into, I mean, not small things, dude, you know, this is a big, big tentpole movie. So for it to, you know, first resurface in the Batman is pretty big. Um, and I think it, Again, I just think it's interesting that stuff that's, you know, think about it the other way, things get pioneered, pioneered in movies back in the day and then they become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And then 20 years later or 10 years later, TV shows can start using them, you know, flip on its head, man. You know, this, this thing that's, that, that's pioneered on Disney plus is now on the big screen in a temple movie. Um, Just what a time, what a time we are living, man, that, that they can do this.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. I love this. So, um, first of all, work night out to go and see a new batman movie big time big time uh do you know the biggest thing for me dude is uh first of all hats off to the engineers and everything uh, and everybody at disney for doing this because they must have thought at some point we can license this tech out <laughs> so that's like that's big bucks so and just like you mentioned to go from a tv show that uses it to now on the big screen and stuff that's big bucks so fair play for that, but for me, dude, it's just the um, it's the composite that looks a lot better, purely because of the fact that there isn't one. So when you do the green screen stuff, and if you had uh, r Pats as Batman in front of a green screen, and then you overlaid that on top of the uh, the whatever city they used uh, for Gotham, even the best work you can always tell when it's been something's been green screened. But when you use a physical stage and a physical screen and everything like that, you don't get that kind of, um, uh, just slight, uh, uh, mismatch of, of, of color tone. And you can just tell from the outline as well. So that screenshot that they've put out, um, with, with Batman, who's kind of out of focus and the city far away is in focus. You can tell that that was done in studio. You know, that wasn't a green screen job. Uh, because all of the the proper light little nuances around his shoulders and everything like that is exactly what's coming off of the screen that he sat in front of. So the, the effects artists don't have to guess and try and colour tone and colour map that stuff. It's just a 100% pure thing. So I love this, dude. And if they use it on more films, then we're going to have much better looking films, I think, moving forward. So yeah, I love this, man.
0: Yeah, it looks awesome, dude. I, I, I'm always caught out by the depth of field on green screen. It's all The depth of field is 99.9% fine, but it's that 0.1% that really, you, once you spot it, you spot it. And like you said, even just for me, outside the real-time lighting and stuff, which is absolutely insane stuff, it is always just that bit of depth of field that's just subtly off. And your eyes know that it's not real, you know, um, and you sort of just get around it. So when you see stuff like this, it it does just, it blows my mind because I'm just, you can you can look at it, you can think, hang about, is he, is he on the top of a building actually there? Did they go and actually location this? And you think, well, of course they fucking didn't. That's ridiculous. But then you, you know, it, it really is that good. So yeah, I'm excited about this dude. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes, number one, but number two, excited to see it in full flow, you know, on an IMAX screen watching the Batman, you know, that's going to be absolutely badass. So yes, definitely a work night out for that one. All right, let's wrap it up. We've got a bit of a funny one here. All right. I can't find this. All right. So again, another screen rant um, story, which is, um, I, I honestly can't find this tweet that they're referencing, but apparently, and uh, apparently the, the Disney plus Latin America, actual official, Disney plus account in Latin America, uh, went on Twitter and had a little joke using the recent viral red flag meme. Um, basically it's red flag is, you know, we all know what a red flag is. Like if I see this thing, it's a red flag. I should probably be worried. All right. So people have been putting this in their tweets and in their Instagram posts and Facebook posts. And anytime they see a flag, you know, they'll mention some behavior, you know, and they'll put a red flag as if like, that's a bit fucking shady. We should watch that. Right. So Disney Plus Latin America tweeted the latest Star Wars trilogy is the best and then a pile of red flags. <laughs> <laughs> Can't find the tweet. Jeez. I think it might have been deleted.
1: Jesus. Yeah, I had looked for, um I had looked for it earlier. I couldn't find it. There was one website that had it up. It's um and they they put a lot of red flags on this as well. <laughs> it's just one sentence um uh and then it's like 20 25 red flag emojis that are following it so i can't get my head around this dude i'm not sure what they were getting at i mean it's <laughs> the, the, the the latest star wars trilogy is the best this sounds like a hack it's probably not it's just some intern that's having a crack like yeah you know you're supposed to like star wars if you're going to come and work here and he's like yeah, i'll be the judge of that thanks and he's just gone ahead and done it fired of course but hilarious but this feels like the sort of thing that somebody hacks into your twitter account and then does as a joke uh, sort of thing so it's weird i can't get my head around why what they're getting at in terms of are they memeing themselves because uh they feel like the world is in that place to do it safely mm. now and they're not going to get their asses kicked even though it's disney themselves uh or if somebody's just having a bit of a last day this is my last day on the job hate the sequels hate you lot screw you lot here's this i don't know
0: I, yeah, uh, it's, it's a funny one, this, because like part of me wants to believe it's Disney plus being really self-aware, but I don't think it is.
1: It doesn't feel like their MO though.
0: No, it It doesn't. Disney will never go. Yeah. We screwed that up.
1: That's what that's what I thought. That was my first thought. Like, why would they? even entertain the thought of publicly leaning into that yeah we didn't quite hit the mark with the old sequel sorry about that and then try and make a joke of it it doesn't seem right so uh i think this has been pulled you know i think this tweet has gone
0: i think it has i've looked through yeah. their account man and i just can't see it anywhere
1: <laughs> it's weird uh, i've got a picture of the tweet though yeah it's uh it's a funny one but what a what a weird thing very weird
0: it's hilarious, is what it is. I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's it's you know, fair play. If you're going out, you've done your internship, you're heading out, you know, year off, whatever. Fair play, fair play. But it's nice. I like these things now and again. I like to see these things cropping up in the wild and just, I would like to think it'd be Disney being self-aware, but, I'm, you know, it's almost sure as shit not. Um, so anyway, unlucky Disney Latin America. Sorry about that. It was a little bit of a laugh when it happened, but... Uh, you had to get rid of it, didn't you? You bloody killjoy. You killjoy. Have a laugh at work with Disney+. Yeah. Plus. We've all had a laugh at the
1: tweet, eh? Yeah. There's a time the laugh has got to stop.
0: Who printed yeah. it out for?
1: <sighs> Do you know who done the tweet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. Your first reply was, yeah. Get Gareth Keenan on the case. Gareth Keenan investigates.
0: Gareth Keenan investigates Maybe Gareth Keenan designed one of our competitors' T-shirts recently. (laughs) (laughs) Because they miss, they. uh, Gareth Keenan investigates. Anyway, (laughs) on that note, all right, that's a wrap. listen it's been good to be back talking star wars even though gas thought he was here last week he in actual fact was not here last week so we are here wrapping up episode 129 of sparker rebellion we'll see you next week it's always going to be a a good time I think, I think we're both around again next week look at that i think we're we're both in the mix again next week so who knows we might end up on a bit of a roll so yeah glad to have you back my man good to chat and shoot the breeze as always thanks for coming along and uh see you next week
1: Yeah, you're welcome, dude. I think I'll be here next week, not off next week. Like you said, we might have been a bit of a roll, so that's all good. Thank you very much, the Star Wars listener, for coming back and listening to our show. Remember to follow us on whatever podcast app you get your podcast on, so you don't miss a show when it lands every Saturday. 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 We'll be back next week. Until then, please stay safe and healthy. And may the Force be with you, always.